This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Coming up next on Plains FM, the Shetland and Orkney Connection, brought to you by the Canterbury Shetland and Orkney Society. Played by Shetland band Homebrew, signal 8.30pm the last Monday each month for the Shetland and Orkney Connection, produced by the Canterbury Shetland and Orkney Society and broadcast on Plains FM 96.9, either directly in Canterbury or streaming live globally on broadband, or available for three months after the broadcast via podcast on the website www.plainsfm.org.nz. Welcome to the August edition of the Shetland and Orkney Connection. It is presented by the Canterbury, Shetland and Orkney Society and is promoted by Community Radio, Plains FM 96.9. The programme is broadcast at 8.30pm on the last Monday of each month and is repeated on Monday two weeks later at noon. Now today we're very lucky to have Peter Anderson with us, who is going to tell us about his recent visit to Shetland. Welcome, um, Peter. Thank you, I'm pleased to be here. (laughs) Yeah, we're pleased to have you too. Um, Now, this was your first trip? It was. Yeah, and I did ask you before, when's your next one? (laughs) Uh, as soon as possible, but probably the year after next. Yeah, yeah, I know. Once you go there, it keeps drawing you back, doesn't we it? We receive such a warm welcome from our our distant relations there that mm. we definitely want to go again, mm. uh, plus for the scenery. Yeah, yeah. Well, mind you, there's not much in the way of scenery in uh, Shetland, is there? It's <laughs> different, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. yes. I think that's the attraction, the yes. scenery and the difference. Mm. You've got the um, seascapes, haven't you? The cliffs yes, and the, definitely. The, the, the seascapes right. were wonderful. Because there's not much in yeah. the way of trees and things like no. Uh, no. down in Scotland and that, yeah. Now, so you went up from uh, Aberdeen, didn't you, by ferry? We did. We took the overnight ferry, leaving mm. at 7pm and getting into Lerwick about 7am. Mm. Yeah. And it was a good crossing. It was a wonderful crossing, wonderfully flat. It was good both ways. Mm. But the night we crossed over, it was 24 degrees in Aberdeen that day, and it was warm across the North Sea. And uh, we're up on the deck in T-shirts at 9 or 10 p.m., Mm. uh, looking at the start of the sunset Mm. and thinking, we didn't think it would be like this. We Mm. thought it would be cold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you do sort of think of it. It's getting up near the Arctic Circle, aren't we? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, something I was going to ask um, about too was the wind farms. Did you notice that big Viking wind farm? It's sort of in the middle. Well, it's in the middle of the mainland, and you sort of yeah. announced on you. No, you? we didn't see the big one. We saw some smaller ones, mm. and we definitely saw the windmills in the in the North Sea from mm. the ferries. But no, we didn't see that big one. Mm. Although one of my cousins did say that he works there. Oh well, yes. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> he'll be a bit biased. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just. 
uh, I think in the last paper they were saying the last one had been done, but it wasn't that long ago they'd only halfway finished. So um, so perhaps on our next trip I'll, have, I'll mm. have to go there. And now that mm. I know I have a cousin who works yes. there, I could probably get a, yeah, well, a guided tour. I think it's about 100 windows, yes. and that's a lot. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. They might be able to take you up one. Yes. Because they're pretty high, aren't they? And they do have to go yeah. up them for maintenance. And yeah, that, yeah so. they had that on TV recently. Yes. And they went up the yes. inside, yeah. Mm. And they have a whole pile of oil. Because <laughs> that's why when they go up and they go on fire, they smoke like anything. <laughs> mm. And the weather was good? The weather was wonderful. There was one cool and misty day on the day we went to the nature reserve at Hermanus, mm. and it was quite misty. So we didn't manage to see the lighthouse, what's it called, Muckle Flagger. Oh, Muckle Flagger. Oh, but yeah. we, um, we, uh, we saw the puffins and mm. the gannets. But that was the only cooler day. We were on Shetland six days, and it mm. was about 20 degrees each other day. Mm. Mm. Oh, so you didn't see Muckle Which for them was very warm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. And were there lots of puffins there? There were. There were a lot of them. Yes. And our grandson loved them. Oh, right. Fascinating yeah. little a lot birds. of noise. Uh, I don't remember the no. noise. Were they smelly? Uh, probably didn't. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But they were going into their burrows, yes. which I found was quite interesting. Mm. And they let me get quite close mm. when I was taking photos of them. Mm. Yeah, because they're not very big birds. Oh, did you no, find? No, no, they're yeah, quite small. Yeah, and their yeah. little wings and yeah, yeah. You know, they look a bit like bumblebees. I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> little wings and they flap like crazy. Yeah. No, Louise and I sat. Um, on Westray and Orkney, and there was sort of a sea stack, and they were out there, and it wasn't far, but you know, we were sitting on the cliff and watching them. We were waiting for the ferry to go back to the mainland, but yeah, quite fascinating little animal, little they birds. Are. Yeah, 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 and you know, I can see, and we had a talked about it, I don't know whether it was the last one or the one before, where they, um, the sand eels are getting very sort of scarce for them mm. because oh. the um, fishermen from Europe fish. Fish for them, yes, oh. and they're used for stock feed and fertilizer. That's right, oh. and of course it's making less for the um, for the global, puffins. Yeah, global mm. warming's not helping yeah, either. No, so and other birds. Mm. Yes, I just hope that um, you know something's done about it. Now another thing was um, there's been a bit of controversy, and it's been in the Orca- in the Orkney paper was the joining of Norway. But right. <laughs> <laughs> No, nothing's there was imagined. no talk about that mm. when we were in Shetland. I think not long after we got, I would only been back in Newcastle in England for a few days when we heard something on the news mm. media. Mm. But that was in relation to Orkney rather than yeah. Shetland. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I sort of wonder whether Orkney had more to do with the Norwegians because I'm trying to get through the um, Orkney Younger Saga at the moment and it's hard slog. I've had it for a couple of months and it's only a small book, but it's hard slog. But they seem to spend a lot of time, well, the wintertime in Orkney, the Norwegians and the Willow Vikings and that. Mm. Um, so whether they've sort of got more of a... Um, Maybe. Mm, you know, connection to them. Something yeah. that was interesting because... I thought Shetland had a strong connection with Norway, which mm. it does, mm. and there's certainly all of that culture, and we were visiting mm. replica mm. Viking um, longships and mm. things. Mm. But um, we, in the pub in Unce, we went for um, Saturday night fish and chip dinner with something that my cousins arranged for us to meet some of, of the relations. And uh, we got there, 
and we were in one room, but in the other room where the bar was, there was a football game on on the big screen, mm. and it was Norway playing Scotland. And I, I said to my son, this will be interesting to see which side they're supporting. <laughs> so then we heard a lot of cheering from that room, and so we went out to see what had happened, and it was because Scotland had scored. Uh-huh. And then Scotland scored another goal, and the same thing happened, and they won the game, and they were very happy. Uh-huh. And then um, one of the the cousins, the third cousins, came through from watching the game to meet us, and I said to him, oh, you all seem to be supporting Scotland, and he said, oh, yes. So I found it very interesting yeah. that they, mm. that the locals there uh, were supporting Scotland rather than Norway. Well, considering mm. they're actually closer to Norway mm. than yeah. they are to Scotland, mm. it is quite... Um, mm. However, they still have all that Norwegian heritage that mm. they're proud of, mm. but when push came to shove in football, <laughs> it was Scotland. But he did say, well... Um, a lot of us have lived in Scotland. We mm. went there for university mm. and, or for jobs and things like that. Mm. So they feel close to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. be interesting to see what does happen, yeah. um, whether they'll do anything about it. Mm. It's hard to say, you know, who, who they would be better under, you know. It's, <laughs> well, my son said to me he can't see it happening because first mm. the Scottish Parliament would have to agree to it, yeah. which mm. he doesn't think would happen, but then mm. it would have to go through Westminster. Yeah, after that. And Kate yeah. have said, well, they'd never agree to it, mm. surely. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I hear you had quite a gathering of relations too. Well, we did. I probably met about 25 cousins. Uh, there were many third cousins, yeah. which are the same generation Helen and I are, and a lot of them, they descended from our great-grandparents' mm. siblings mm-hmm. who stayed there. Mm-hmm. And so, and um, some of their children, so there was third cousins mm. once and twice removed. There was one... Uh, one young lady, she was only about 15, and we first met her because she was a waitress in the cafe that we went to <laughs> on the Saturday. But then she came to the family gathering on the Sunday, and she'd been on a website, and she brought me a piece of paper showing how she was related through both her mother and her father to me. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I didn't say before that Helen and Peter are cousins, so mm. yeah, that's, oh, yes, that's yeah. how we sort yeah. of got to home, yeah. got yeah. hold of them. So yeah, <laughs> so and I say you also went to visit um, some gravestones, headstones, and that did you? Or? Uh, we did, oh. yeah, yeah. I I even found one that was a headstone for Peter Anderson sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't bit, worked bit out. Putting. <laughs> I've got photos of headstones um, from. From the little cemetery at Norwick, which was where our family croft was, mm-hmm. that we also visited. But then there's a um, near where the Airbnb was, not far away, more closer to Belter Sound. This is an Unst. Mm. There was another cemetery there at Baliasta, or Belisti, they seem to call mm. it. And there seemed to be our family names there as well. Mm. So I've taken quite a lot of photographs, but mm. I haven't worked out. 
Who's I was to get my two sisters on the job to mm. work out which, mm. or Helen to work out which ones mm. we're related to. But when we were talking before, you said you got quite emotional, and it is quite an emotional thing, isn't it, to to go to the gravestones and walk around yeah. places where you you know that your ancestors have been. Mm. Yeah, um, you know it's uh, well, particularly when we went to the family Croft house, uh, yes, where yeah. my great grandparents yeah. emigrated from. from yeah. Um, and to be there with my son and my grandson, so three generations yeah. of us, it, it, it meant a lot to my son as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm. And then to be told by um, Joan, my third cousin, who took us there, well, up on the on the hill behind, uh, see those ruins? Mm. Well, that was where your great-grandmother lived with her family before she married your great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. And those other ruins further along, mm. that was William Anderson, your great-grandfather's mm. brother's house. Mm. And to think this this is where they came from, yeah. to feel a connection. Yeah. It was quite emotional. Oh, I know. And then to go down to the beach, just very close mm. to the beach at Norwick Beach, and to walk there and stand there and think, well, they would have fished here, yeah. they would have swum here. Oh, yes, I know. They would have spent a lot of time here, yeah. especially the fishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yes, I know. I, well, my daughter um, spent six months uh, working in Orkney, and uh, then later on I took my sister and my daughter to Orkney, and I think my sister was quite moved with it. Mm. Um, I mean, I've been there so many times now that it doesn't, you know, it's not that, but it was her one and only trip, and I think... Um, just seeing where they lived maybe helped her understand how Dad was, how he was, you know, yes, because it was yes. pretty, yeah, primitive. It mm. was, mm. yeah. Mm. I think there's yeah. something very special too on your first visit mm. of, of, as you said, standing in a place and realising that's where your roots are. Yes, mm. yes. Yeah. It's quite it an was. amazing experience. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And my... Uh, my daughter-in-law, my son's wife, who had no connection to it, she found it moving as well, mm-hmm. and so did my wife, Gaylene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Chetland, I think, is the same, but Orkney, there's so much history in Orkney. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you dig a hole and you dig up something. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing place. I haven't been to Shetland. Um, my daughter has, mm-hmm. but... Um, Yes, I wouldn't mind going, but whether I'll get back again, I don't know. We're thinking about going back next year, but whether we will or not. Or... It seems so much further now, doesn't it? I don't know what it is about post-COVID. Yeah. yeah. But everything's yeah. just so much harder. Oh, it's just complicated. The, it's yeah. just yeah. the thought of that 22 hours flying, and I'm thinking... Mm. Yeah. I mean, I want to go to Australia, and even the three hours flying over there is yeah. daunting to me at the moment. <laughs> but anyhow... Oh, well, is there anything you would like to ask... Yes. What about uh, telling us a little bit about going to Scalloway after having uh, read the Shetland bus yes, and the connection with I the read Norwegians? The, yes. Mm. Um, I read the Shetland bus just not long before we went because you lent me the book, Helen, and um, I was glad I had because when we were looking up things to do in Scalloway or things to do on Shetland, I saw where there was a display of the Shetland bus at the Scalloway um, Museum. So we went there on our last day and I found it fascinating. Mm. I had to convince the rest of our party that that this was going to be worth the trip. And I think I was the one that found it 
the most fascinating, but I was the one who had read the book. Yes. And I, I was probably closer to the World War Two mm. because my parents were both involved in it. Mm. And, you, and we were born in that sort of post, mm. just a few years after it ended, yeah. weren't mm. we? But, mm. but uh, I would recommend visiting Scalaway because it's a really lovely little town right mm. on the waterfront. Well, it was and the I capital for a while, wasn't it? spend more time there, yeah. yes, it mm. was. But visiting the museum, it's just a small museum, However, a good part of the museum, maybe about a third of it, is devoted to the Shetland, Shetland bus, bus. Mm. and it's a fascinating display. Mm. Mm. And basically they had to pull me away. I had to read. I wanted mm. to read every part of it. Mm. I must mention here yeah. about the Shetland bus because I saw the yeah. book, the Shetland bus, and I thought, what on earth are they writing a book about the buses in Shetland? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until later that, yes, it was the Shetland bus was actually fishing boats that went between Bergen and Shetland during the Second World it War. It was. Yes. Mm. And, um, and they went much further up than Bergen. Yes, they had they some missions right up into the Arctic Circle mm, yes. and beyond it. And, mm. you know, they brought um, people back from Norway and they, they took did. people over. So they yeah, were very did. heroic. It was phenomenal. Mm. They were very brave and yeah. had had quite a big loss of life mm. through mm. shipwrecks or mm. getting shot at and sunk mm. by mm. Germans mm. or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, mm. yeah. definitely worth a visit. The museum at Lerwick's lovely mm. too, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it, Helen? Yes. You've been there. <laughs> it's a lovely museum mm. and uh, very, very interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, nothing else now? Anything else you'd like to add? Well, um, you asked about the windmills. Yeah. And that's sort of their industry, you know, that that's kind of replacing the oil industry mm. for them, which is dying. Um, Shetlanders, they've always adapted and the impression I got was that 150 years ago, when our great-grandparents left, they were leaving subsistence mm. living and at the beck and call of the local lead, mm. and they had no real hope of things getting much better. Mm. So many of them emigrated to New Zealand and other countries. But um, the ones that remained, there was the herring fishing industry, mm-hmm. and that was huge. Um, so they managed to supplement their kind of their crofting, which mm. was subsistence. They were involved with the herring fishing, and then I think from about 1970 onwards, there was the North Sea oil. Yeah. Mm. And rightly or wrongly, and they have mixed feelings about it now, some of my relations, but mm. they were involved in it. Mm. One cousin told me he'd retired from 36 years in the oil industry. But then now there's, that's on its way out. Mm. So they've got the wind farming, and mm. that's their next big thing. But the other big thing that they were all talking about was the space station. Oh, yes. And that's, that's up in right. Unst, yeah, up, that's up right. to, even further, actually just over the hill from where our family croft was. Mm. And um, they were saying as we were driving there, these roads have been widened because it's been paid for by the space station company. Mm -hmm. So I got the idea. I said, well, we've got something like that in New Zealand too. It's in the North Island at Mahir, and it's it's a company called Rocket Lab, and they Mm. put satellites into the sky Mm. for big companies all over the world and for NASA and Mm. that sort of thing. And that's what's being built there, right up near the north of Unst. Mm. So that's their next big thing, Mm -hmm. or they see it as such, Mm. and that's providing employment Mm-hmm. And um, so they were all quite excited about it. Mm-hmm. So I found that was very interesting. interesting yeah. 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 
And they need those kind of things up there to, to keep, as you said, developing mm. their infrastructure and making the living better for everybody. They mm. do, and that's what's helped them, helped them have the lifestyle they have now. Mm. Uh, one of the relations said to me, actually, we're doing pretty well now. He said, those of us who descended from those who stayed here, um, we've, uh, uh, we're now fairly well off economically, mm-hmm. we're doing okay. Mm. And we know that that wasn't the case mm. yeah, well, you know, I, in I, the past, but yeah. it is now. Well, and he said, for instance, there's a labour shortage on Shetland mm. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about Shetland, but I know Orkney <coughs> made really good deals with the oil companies. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they that's how they made them. I mean, yeah. took them out of the subsistence living, yeah. really, to, to what they've got now. Yeah. But no, they did some really good deals. Oh, well, thanks very much for coming along, Peter. It's You're very been um, very interesting. And after your next trip, we might have you back again, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but as I say, it is fascinating to go and visit. And, yes, it was uh, a fascinating place to go mm, to. Mm. And, and I'd it, like to go to Orkney as well next yeah. time. Well, I've always gone across, well, I've flown across about once or twice, I think, but I've always gone from Scrabster on the ferry to Stromness and I always feel like I've come home and I get on the boat and go past the old man and, and uh, you know, and you think, oh, when I leave, it's always a bit of a tear in the eye, but, mm. <laughs> yeah. but anyhow. Well, we'll continue on now just with a, with a few snippets. And, um, Dan, if you... A few weeks ago, a German U-boat sunk during the First World War was discovered off the Shetland coast. The submarine UC-55 was sunk in 1917, around eight miles southeast of Lerwick, with 11 members dying and the survivors being taken as prisoners of war. It was 1917 and it was a very busy time for the port of Lerwick. There was actually more traffic there than in London. The German German U-boats knew this and were very active around Lerwick at this time. Mostly the activity was mine laying in the convoy routes but they also did the classic torpedo attacks on warships and freighters around Lerwick. It's a piece of history that we're very interested in. These U-boats that sank were mostly, mostly in quite deep water beyond recreational diving depth, so to find one within diving depth was very exciting. Yeah, well, that's what they do with the boats, the German fleet in Scapa Flurry, though. Yes. These uh, divers like to go and have a look around yeah. them, yeah. But earlier this month, five climbers reported missing on Bothy, on a Bothy near the old man of Hoy. They were airlifted by His Majesty's Coast Guard search and rescue helicopter. A spokesman for the Marine and Coast Guard Agency said the alarm was raised about 2.55am with Coast Guard rescue teams sent from Hoy, Strumness and Kirkwall. The lifeboat from Strumness was also dispatched. The climbers were recovered safe and well by the helicopter by the cliffs near the old man of Hoy and flown to Moness, where they were met by officers from Police Scotland. Now, I'm, I don't know whether it was at the old man or whether it was at the stack at Yesnaby, but I was quite disgusted after one visit to Orkney to see the ropes and all that dangling. You know, they'd left all the ropes behind. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, was it a danger to seabirds? But it, it really annoyed me to see all the, right. they left all their rubbish yeah. behind. Yeah, I'm mm. sure they wouldn't be allowed to leave them there if they did pose a danger to the wildlife, though. Mm. Well, I don't know, but they were there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. They're Quite wanting to come back and climb again. Quite yeah. noticeably, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. A team of divers from the environmental charity Ghost Fishing UK were invited to Shetland recently 
and in six days recovered one and a half tonnes of lost fishing gear from around the islands. The organiser, Christine Gossart, said they had been asked to help because of the abundance of abandoned gill nets that were being pulled in by Shetland trawlers. These nets are not used by local fishermen, yet they are causing havoc with wildlife and there is huge concern about pollution, net dumping and littering from foreign gill netters. Local fishermen who had reported losing creels were delighted to get them back. Ghost Fishing UK said it was keen to return to Shetland to continue its efforts. Mm. The Church of Scotland has finally agreed to sell the historic Luna Kirk, which was the oldest working church in Shetland, to the group set up to keep the building in the community. Dating back to the 11th century, the Luna Kirk's historic significance goes far beyond the boundaries of the Lunasting Parish, mainly due to its close association with the Shetland Bus wartime operation. The Church of Scotland announced in 2018 that it would be closing around two-thirds of its kirks in Shetland to make its operations more sustainable. While some have been sold to private buyers, some churches have remained in the community. Mm. Mm. Okay, well today um, we have a track from the Shore Mere Fiddlers. And we've come once again come to the end of our programme. Thank you again, Peter, for coming and telling us about your experiences in Shetland. It certainly is a special feeling, feeling being in a place where you know your ancestors mm. live. Look after yourselves, everyone, and cheerio until next time. Bye for now. <laughs>